Good evening, everybody. How are you? Good. Great to see all of you here tonight. Great to see all you sick people. I always love to see sick people on healing nights. So that can leave. Amen. It's like I don't like to give a salvation call without lost people in the, in the building. I don't like to teach healing with no one if no one has any problems. Because <laughs> then there's no miracles to be a part of. Amen. Well, good, good. Let's get right into this. I, I have some things to share with you. If you're, if you're new here and you don't know how this works, uh, nothing's going to, you know, everything will be okay. Let me say it that way. Everything will be fine. And uh, no one's going to ask you to speak. No one's going to ask you to do anything that would embarrass you. But if you need a touch from God, you did come to the right place. Uh, because he is here. And like Pastor Doug said, God is doing this. I mean, we couldn't, we couldn't work it up. We couldn't muscle it up. We couldn't study it up. <laughs> you know, we couldn't try hard enough to heal anybody. We don't have that ability. I mean, even from a natural side, doctors do their best, and it takes years and years of study and practice and, and you know, and, and success and failure, and, and, and some of it works, right? <laughs> and, uh, and, and so when we're talking about what we're doing, we have, well, we're, not tre- we're not giving anyone natural medicine. We're not approaching it from that side. And beyond that, how would we even do this? How would we get anybody healed? Only, only by the power of God. Only by the power of God. So, uh, so that's good news, by the way. So you mean it's come to that? All we have left is the power of God? <laughs> yep, that's all we got. That's all we got is the creator of the universe here living with us, present among us, and uh, I think it's, it's going to be okay, though. Yeah? So if you say, I've got a bad report, I think it's going to be okay. I think everything's going to be fine because God is in the house. Praise God. If you have a Bible or a Bible on your phone, uh, go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. And we'll read there in a moment. Uh, healing is, of course, available to everybody, and it's easy for God to perform. Uh, there's not a condition, big or small, that intimidates God. He is not moved by the severity of your pain. I mean, I don't mean he's not compassionate. Of course he is. But he's not afraid. He's not nervous. He's not, he's not, uh, he's not nervous about the the minutia or the, you know, the, the largeness of your problem or pain or di- what's difficult with man is easy with him. You know, the scripture says the wisdom of man is foolishness to God. So the smartest person you know, the Lord is not impressed. <laughs> and, uh, and, and the worst the enemy can do, worst, the worst thing that could happen in your body is not a scary day for, for the Lord. It's, it, this is easy peasy with him. And, and so uh, if that's the case then, why is it difficult? Why do some people struggle to receive that healing? If it's available to everyone and it's easy for God, why do some people uh, struggle to receive? And, and I think some of this has to do with 
uh, where their attention lies, where their focus is. Okay, this is not difficult. It's easy to clean up tonight. Okay, if it's been a difficulty, if there's been difficulty, if it's been a struggle, this is easy to fix. So, so I'm not even nervous either. <laughs> Isn't that good? <laughs> I remember a couple years ago, I, was, I took a couple friends up in the airplane, flying, and, and, uh, and we, we buzzed around the area, and then we were coming into land, and uh, one of them, a good friend from way back, and we've known each other many, many years, but he hasn't done much flying in small planes, or ever been up with me, and, and he looks at me, and he said, uh, are you nervous? <laughs> As we're coming into the land. And I could tell he was. Uh, and I just kind of laughed. I said, listen, I've done this like a thousand times. And he said, you didn't answer. <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, just to let you know about healing tonight and about working with the Lord for your benefit, <laughs> we're not concerned. We, uh, not because we know everything. I could say we've done this a thousand times, and that's true as well, but... It's not because we know everything, but, you know, you don't have to. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to figure everything out and just um, have every experience with every case. Many of the healings that I've seen, uh, when I saw them, that was the first time I ever saw them of that nature, meaning of certain conditions, certain diseases. And, and I could have stopped in each given moment and said, oh, well, I've never prayed for anyone with that before. I, I've never dealt with that. Well, why would I do that? I'm not the healer anyway. So I need not be concerned. I need not be afraid. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to landing the airplane, you do need to have done that before. Uh, but when it comes to healing, the Lord is, is the expert. And we're just the vehicle. Amen. Praise God. By the way, it's so easy to preach on healing. I, 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 do, I do this all the time, but I get, in, I get into it and all of a sudden I'm preaching about something I never planned on. Like airplanes and, you know, and anyway, uh, everything will be fine. Um, <laughs> we're all good. D did I answer your question? Uh, I can see two problems that people encounter when it comes to receiving healing from the Lord. Are you ready for them? Uh, the first one is they consider themselves, people, sometimes people consider themselves unworthy of healing. Okay. Uh, the second one is sometimes people consider themselves worthy of healing. Everybody get that? Yeah. Two problems. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and so let me address some of these things uh, with you for a few moments tonight, and, and I believe it'll help. But if we are truly trying to earn a blessing from God, uh, we would be correct in our disqualification. If I am coming to the Lord based upon my merits, based upon my good deeds, my deservedness uh, to receive healing from him, then I am in error because on that basis, there's a thousand things that would disqualify me. I don't know if you can relate to that. Probably can. Uh, but and many, many times that's, the, that's one of the problems is we go to him, we look to him, we seek, we're seeking him for something, for healing, and then we're looking at ourselves and we're saying, yeah, I don't know if I, I, don't know if I qualify. I don't know if I'm sufficient. 
I mean, because I've certainly done a few things wrong. Let's read Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, notice with me in verse 8. These are popular verses. Should be underlined in your Bible. Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. Now, you, some of you are aware of this. The word saved not only includes our, our righteousness or eternal life, but the word saved includes our healing. Healing is a part of the salvation package. Uh, that's consistent in Scripture. By very definition of the word, sozo, the Greek word, we see healing as a part of this, th this verse. So we could say, uh, reading this, not only thinking about going to heaven and missing hell, but thinking about it this way, we are healed, not of works. We are healed, everybody say it, not of works. We're not healed of work. We're not saved by our works. That's one of the basic tenets of Christianity is you can't do anything to get to heaven. You can't do anything to deserve or earn eternal life, okay? It's a gift received. The other blessings of God also are uh, in that same category. Healing is not earned. We don't work for it. And since we can't work our way to healing... Why we, would we allow our insufficiency to keep it from us? Some say, I don't deserve it. And so, what are you saying? You were trying to deserve it? You were trying to get God to do it because you were so awesome? Lord, don't you see me? I deserve this. Do you ever pray that way? If you don't, then why would you disqualify yourself if you feel unworthy or you feel unrighteous or you can specifically identify some type of uh, unrighteous act in your life? This, this, this causes people uh, to ask questions sometimes when they see those who, who didn't get what they, they, what they sought. Um, they'll say, I, I don't understand why so-and-so didn't get healed, maybe someone who passed away young. Why so-and-so didn't get healed. They were such a good Christian. <laughs> well, uh, define good and define Christian. <laughs> are, are there people who love God, who uh, have good character, uh, that don't get healed. Well, yes, and that's because healing is not based on those qualities. Of course you know. Of course I know people who were good people, who loved God and didn't succeed in that area or didn't get the, the healing that they, that they wanted or that they, 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 they desired. What does that have to do with anything? What I mean by that is that's not to say that they were a bad Christian or they didn't have good character because uh, they didn't get their healing. Your, your good attributes might motivate others to pray for you, 
but it isn't a pre-qualifier to God moving in your life. Here's what I mean by that. If you're a really good person, meaning you give to others, you help others, you, you know, maybe you give in the church and you, you're, you serve on the teams and you do all these things and, and your, your efforts and your, your position is notable by others and say that person is such a, a, a help, such a, a boost to everything we do, maybe even to your life personally. How many know when they get in trouble, there's probably going to be a line of people to pray for them? There is. And if you don't do anything, you don't ever help anyone else. You're not engaged in, a, in that in relationships with others. You don't serve in the church. You don't get, then just be real. There's less, people are less motivated to pray you back <laughs> from death's doorstep, what I mean. Does everyone know that that's real? Some people are getting more prayer than others. This sounds, it sounds almost mean, but uh, <laughs> some people, they get in real trouble and and people start saying, you know, they'll be better off in heaven. Because <laughs> they think, well, they're suffering here and they're not doing much good anyway. They might as well go. I'm not saying I'm saying that about you. Some people, other people. I'm not just making this up. If you read over in the book of Acts, read about the lady named Tabitha. Um, you don't have to turn there. It's Acts 9, 36 and some verses after that, that, that woman named Tabitha translated Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. You know what they did after that? Because she, she died. She, but it states it. She was full of good works and charitable deeds. She died and they're like, no, we're not letting her go. We're not letting her go. And they ran, and Peter was heading out of town. They got Peter, said, no, Peter, get over here. Because, I mean, Peter's there. I'd go get Peter, too. You know, let's get the best. And Peter's there. Peter came, and when he got there, they had all the stuff that she had made for everybody. And they're like, Peter, she's worth your time. I mean, Peter's busy. He's got places to go and preaching and winning the world. And, 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 uh, and so he can't pray for every dead person. Right? One, I mean, an individual can only do so much. I didn't plan on spending all this time here, but, uh, but, but when, when Dorcas dies, everyone's like, Peter, and he stayed and he prayed and she got raised up from the dead. Say, why did she? Because she helped a lot of people <laughs> and they used their faith and they brought her back. But that, does that mean that if, if that didn't happen, that Dorcas wasn't still a good person and did good things and charitable deeds? She's rewarded in heaven and all that stuff, but she would have gone early. Yeah. You know, people wonder about Elisha of the Old Testament. I remember years ago, a person uh, uh, was asking me about that because they stumbled so much over Elisha because uh, if you know the story of Elisha, he's a great prophet of God, mightily used, many, many amazing miracles, yet he died of some kind of sickness. And people trip, over, trip up over that. How is he used to heal all these people, all these great miracles through his ministry, and then he dies of a sickness? 
It doesn't even give us the details of why. And, and so, but people trip over that. Oh, well, here's the thing. They're not related. Someone doesn't get a, a leg up because they have a great ministry. Someone doesn't have greater access to the blessings of God and the healing of God because they have gifts that flow through them, even, though, even if they're faithful to fulfill their calling. That doesn't help them with their personal healing. Those are separate. Ask any preacher now, even those of us who are divine healing preachers and faith guys and girls, we know this, that we can preach this and see great miracles when it comes to our own lives and our own bodies and our own finances. We're just like everybody else. I mean, uh, how many of us, how many of you guys have paced the floor before with pain and you're saying, no, I'm not receiving this. Thank you, Lord, that by, your stripe, by Jesus' stripes I was healed. And we're, we're doing the exact same thing that everybody else who knows how to do this does. It's not like, Lord, now I'm one of your preachers. You need me. <laughs> and I've been faithful and... I am this and I am that and uh, no, we're going based on what Jesus did for us or we're not getting it. Everybody okay? <laughs> I don't, some of you may have heard that story. Brother Hagen uh, read it, his story about when he was pastoring and they had that guy die in his church, fell in the oil rig or something like that and, and he was in the hospital and all that and he basically uh, without me telling the whole story, he stayed with them and was pacing the halls because he was at the point of death. And later he found out he actually did die, but he was pacing the halls and he, would, he t- uses the story to teach on prayer because he, he was basically pleading the guy's case and he was telling the Lord, I need this guy. He's like the in charge of their Sunday school or something. And he gave, was it a triple tithe? Is that what? Uh, he gave a lot of money into the church. And Brother Hagin was pleading his case on his behalf. He said, he, said, he said, Lord, I need him. And he said, if I need him, you need him. <laughs> but he basically wouldn't let him go because he was so valuable, meaning he could have easily gone to sleep. <laughs> Brother Hagin, meaning he could have just went to sleep and the guy probably would have died. But after he came back, he said that he told the story how he did go to heaven and he was with the Lord. And, uh, and he said, the Lord said, you have to go back. And, uh, and he said, I don't want to go back, which is, which is what all of us would say. I don't want to go back. He said, you have to. He said, why? He said, Brother Hagen won't let you stay. <laughs> he did. He pulled back some kind of veil or curtain in heaven, and he could see him or hear him praying, Lord, I'm not going to let him go. I'm not going to let him go. I'm going to hold on to him. <laughs> and the Lord heeded because of that prayer and did that. Amen. Amen. Anyway, we just need to we just need to see uh, uh, the difference here in in a person believing God and and someone um, basing their their approach to God on you know I don't qualify I'm not worthy you know I remember another guy a, a minister that I knew many years ago and and he was traveling across the country and on his way to preach in a service where I was, uh, and uh, I was just going to be in the meeting, but he was doing some work. They had this, this big truck, and I don't remember all the details, but he fell off from a high 
level and broke his arm. And when I saw him, I'm uh, like, what's going on? He's all self-bandaged. <laughs> his arm is swollen. <laughs> Doesn't look very good. And he's preaching. <laughs> and he's just telling the story. I mean, it's just something like that you can't hide. <laughs> he's preaching and telling this story. He's, he just literally broke his arm. And, uh, and he's ministering, praying for the sick. He told me, he said, I could, f- I could feel the power of God going through my arm into people. <laughs> and they're being healed. And, uh, and he was improving through that whole time. He's just walking by faith. But he, the, the swelling is getting going down. But it's still, it's, his arm is hurting and other people are getting healed. They're not connected. Now, some people would say, oh, I must really be out of the will of God. I must really be a horrible person. I mean, I'm, here I am doing ministry and this, this bad thing happens. And they'd get all caught up in their thinking and in their mind and get out of faith. And he didn't. He just, you know, I'm sure later you wonder what in the world happened. Did it, was I warned? Did I do something wrong? Why did this happen? But in the meantime, go ahead and minister to people. It's two separate things. Hallelujah. And so some people, their, their problem is they, they consider themselves unworthy. Stop it. Because your healing is not connected to your worth, to your worthiness. All right. And then I, I said to you also that, that the second problem is, is some people consider themselves worthy of healing. Some are un- consider unworthy. Some consider worthy. And that's usually, that's based upon their comparison with those around them. And people do this all the time. Well, I'm, I'm a pretty good person. I mean, how many, not in here per se, but how many people in our world would judge themselves or describe themselves and say, I'm a pretty good person. Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah. Many people are trusting their eternity based on that. I think, if you, I think God will let, let me into heaven because, I mean, I live a pretty good life. I mean, I'm, I don't do, haven't done really bad things. I'm a pretty good, how many know that person's in trouble? Yeah, we know that concerning eternity is you're going to God based upon your works? Mm, scary foundation. Um, but this idea of I'm pretty good, again, based on our comparison with others, thinking that God maybe grades on a curve. And so you are pretty good relative to those around you, which is ever-changing with the culture. How I many know you go back a few decades, uh, in, a, in large part, a lot of people in the normal culture of that time, they would look at a lot of people today and say, you're a heathen. The way you talk, the way you think, the way you dress, the way you, the way you act, because, well, we're still great and ourselves on a curve, comparing to one another. And I'm just saying, that may alleviate some, uh, some guilt, it may alleviate some condemnation, we may feel better about ourselves, nevertheless, the standard um, is not one another and this is a wrong way to discern the, the condition of our lives before God. Here's what the scripture says. You remember Romans 3, verse 23? For all have sinned and come short 
of the glory of God. Of, come short of what? The glory of God, not the glory of your neighbor, not the glory of the kind of average in the culture, the median morality that's happening in the day. They all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The uh, New Living Translation of that verse reads, for everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. We all. How many is all? <laughs> if you look it up in the Greek, it means all. <laughs> so we've all come short of the glory of God. So let me ask you a question. If you uh, sinned all day today, Could you trust God for healing now? Let's say you haven't sinned all week. You've been really good all week. Are you more likely to be healed uh, today if that's the case? Are you more likely to be healed? because you haven't sinned all week. In, uh, in, in the Old Testament, some of you know the story of Israel coming out of Egypt. Uh, in the book of Exodus, the great deliverance of the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. Uh, one of the things that happened you know, there was the 10 plagues and then the mighty deliverance. Uh, one of the things that happened there uh, was profound for our time and for our lives even today. And even when they were writing, the, when David and others were writing the Psalms, they, they would sing about that event. Um, and one of the verses in, in Psalm 105, verse 37, Psalm 105, 37 reads, he also brought them out with silver and gold and there was none feeble among the tribes. What did he do? Brought them out with silver and gold and none feeble. He made them healthy and he made them wealthy. Just like that. One moment, they're slaves, they're broke, and they're beat up. Not in great health, don't have good diets, don't have good safety going on. A lot of struggles, a lot of, a lot of trouble. And then the next moment, they're rich and healthy. The... Uh, uh, Let's see, the, the good news translation reads, then he led the Israelites out, they carried silver and gold, and all of them were healthy and strong. Now, now think about that. All of them, that's a big word. There's, you know, some estimate three million. They're all healthy and strong. A minute ago, they were slaves. Some of them would take beatings. They were not well treated. They're doing hard labor. Some of them are old. Some of them are young. And when they left, they're all healthy. All of them are strong. You wouldn't expect that of three million people in our day where we're not slaves where we're well taken care of. We got hospitals every few blocks, right? We got nutrition stores. 
right? We, we've got everything that they didn't have. And you got millions, they're all, they're all healthy. They're all strong. You think they all were all the time? No. With, you gotta, gotta imagine so they had some people with limps. You think with that many people, some of them maybe had a bad back. Some of them had a bum knee. Some of them had twisted an ankle. You think there were some that were just weak beyond comprehension and you're getting ready to go on a, a, a journey to a new land on foot? Think some of them were really old? Let alone any other diseases that might be among them? And yet all of a sudden when they go out, they're all rich and they're all healthy. How does that happen? Well, they must have been really deserving of that. (laughs) Hold on now. These guys didn't have a church on every corner. It's not like they, they were, that we could assume that all these people just had a wonderful relationship with God. They all walked in love. None of them held grudges. None of them, none of them cussed. None of them dealt with lust. None of them had unforgiveness or anger. How many think that probably all those things existed in, in this group? Oh, yeah. But then just like that, they go out of there, and all of them are doing great. The guy that used to, oh, could hardly walk, and just, you know, he'd go a little while, I need to sit down. All of a sudden, he's, huh, look at that. Hey, look at that. I feel good. Man, let's go. Full of strength, full of energy and vitality. All of them are going out of there healed. This is a major deal. This is a major move of God. The move of God was not only in the, in the judgment of Egypt, but it was in the salvation of his people. What was that all based on? How did they all get that? Well, you know, the last thing they did before they left is they had this great sacrifice to the Lord. The Lord instructed them to put that blood of the of the animal on the doorposts, of course, to avert the, the judgment that was falling on Egypt, the death of the firstborn in, uh, in the land there. And it was that sacrifice. You know what that's a picture of? You know what that's a type and shadow, a prophetic prophecy of? That's Jesus on the cross. And they, in the shadow, in the type, every single one of them were made whole, were made strong. And we're able to take that journey out of there. That's in the, in the type. It's in the shadow. We're now living in the light. We're now living in the fulfillment. Because Jesus came and was the ultimate sacrifice. And when Jesus took our sin and shame and took our sickness and disease, you know how many he did that for? He did that for everyone. So that all who would come to him would be made whole. So that all would be strong. And there would be, how many? None feeble among us. Hallelujah. What was the foundation of it? It wasn't because they were, you know, good enough. It wasn't because of their worthiness. It was based on the sacrifice made 
for them. Praise God. Say, did they have to do anything? They had to leave. And maybe there was a step of faith in that. The Lord called us out, let's go. And those who were sore and those who were weak and those who couldn't walk, they took their step and were made whole. Praise God. And so uh, we see this pattern. We see it in Jesus' ministry that there were times he would have great meetings with multitudes of people. And the scripture says that they were all healed. Matthew 12, 15, but when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there and great multitudes followed him and he healed them all. All of them? There's again multitudes of people, thousands, and they, they all got healed? Again, you got to imagine, who was in the crowd? The time of Jesus' arrival and his ministry Israel wasn't in the best place they could be. You could describe them probably as a nation of backsliders. And so not everyone was walking in love. Not everyone was was doing everything they ought to do and serving God faithfully. There was lots of rascals in that group, in that multitude. There was lots of people that we would say, let's leave that one sick. I mean, if we were judging by their behavior, by their actions, we would say, yeah, you're on the line. You know, yes. You know, we would, we would disqualify a whole bunch of them. But yet what happened is he healed them all. One key to receiving is to focus our attention on God and not ourselves. Let me say that again. A key to receiving is to focus our attention on God and not ourselves. He is able. He is willing. He is faithful to his promise. He is present. Notice what I'm saying here. He is. He is. He is, he is, not I am, I am, I am, I am. He is, he is, he is, he is. One of the keys to receiving is to keep your focus on him, who he is, what he said he would do, his mercy, his grace, his faithfulness. If I am conscious of him, and not of me, either my unworthiness or lack of deserving healing or my self-righteousness that says I can get it. My focus is on him. When, I'm, when I see him, Lord, you said it in your word. Lord, Jesus did this for me on the cross. Lord, you've promised me this in the covenant. I'm thinking about him. My heart is open. I'm not trying to open my heart. I'm not trying to be open to what he wants to do. I'm just focused on him. And it's open. When I focus on me, it's closed. When I'm thinking, am I sufficient? I am, or I am good enough, I'm good enough, or I'm not good enough. I'm thinking about me, I'm closed. 
I got I to gotta make sure I'm saying the right thing. I got to make sure I'm thinking the right thing at the time of prayer. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, God. Got to, oh, God, I'm in faith, I'm in faith, I'm in faith, I'm in faith, I'm in faith. Stop it, you're closed. You're closed. Not me, 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 me. Him, 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 him. You are, you are, you are, you are, you are. Your heart is wide open. It's time to trust in his mercy, his promise. Let's take God up on his offer. Listen to this, Psalm 86, 5. For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all who call upon you. Could you put it up? Say it out loud with me. For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. Read it again. For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. Psalm 89 and verse 1. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. (laughs) Say it with me. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. Who are we talking about? We're talking about the mercies of the Lord, not the goodness of me. We're talking about his faithfulness, not our faithfulness. We're talking about who he is, what he's offering, what he has promised. Am I good enough? Who cares? It's irrelevant. No, in yourself, you're not good enough. In him, yes, he has made you worthy. But my focus is on in him. Whether I'm thinking about my worthiness or unworthiness, I'm still distracted from his faithfulness. And that's the key. I just can't be distracted from who he is. Hallelujah. I don't know if my faith is strong enough. Stop it. It's not when you're talking like that. Forget about it. What? Forget about it? Yes, just think about him. Is he faithful to you or not? Will he do what he said or are you judging him unfaithful? Sarah, the woman who had the baby in her old age, the barren woman who had the baby in her old age, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 11 says she counted him faithful. She counted herself something. Oh, it's not about her and her dead womb. Well, I can't. I have this part of my body missing. Well, I can't. I have this gene that allows me to do this. What do you have to do with anything? It's not, healing is not related to what you have going on. 
it's related to his faithfulness. You might want to get rid of the mirrors. I don't mean there's never a time in a life where we self-adjust, and, but I'm talking about receiving from the Lord. I don't receive from the Lord by analyzing myself. I receive from the Lord by analyzing him, by putting my focus and attention completely on him. He is the faithful one. He is the merciful one. <laughs> he is the one for, from whom all these things come. Amen. Amen. Say it with me tonight. Say, Father, Father I, come to you today, I come to you today, not based on anything I've done, based on anything I've done but according to your love, and mercy, and mercy, and Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, and, the cross. and your faithful promise, and your faithful promise. Based, on this, based on this, I come to you, come to you. and I'm not nervous. I'm not nervous. <laughs> Everything's going to be fine. Gonna be fine. Thank, you Thank you for who you are to me now. To me now. I, say, I say what you say. You are the healer. You are are faithful to do it in my life today. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah.